I'm Rachel. And I'm Tristan. And today is Monday, so that means it's another Marvel Monday. Today we're going to be reviewing the 2010 Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, Iron Man 2. And this movie, like the first Iron Man, is directed by Jon Favreau, and it is written by Justin Theroux. And Iron Man 2 is starring Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark slash Iron Man, Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts, I've got Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, and Gary Shanling as Senator Stern. So this is going to be a nitty gritty review and analysis of Iron Man 2, which means we're going to be going through every category of the grid, talking about what works and what doesn't in a variety of different categories. Before we jump right into the grid, um, let's talk a little bit about um, our expectations going into this movie and, and our experiences with it. Um, so do you remember uh, either when you first saw this movie or about how many times you've seen it uh, before today? I don't remember either. I've seen it yeah. maybe three times. Okay. See, and I feel like I've seen it a good number of times. I'm I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters, and I definitely um, I tend to go through phases where um, I'll get really attached to an actor or an actress and like oh, go yeah. through all their movies. I remember which phase this is. Yeah. So so Scarlett Johansson is one of the people that I'll get really obsessed with for a while. So I feel like this movie naturally, I'm like, oh yeah, she's in this one. Like that's her first appearance as Black Widow. So I'll put it on in the background while I clean or whatever. And I've probably done that two or three times. And I remember it's so little from this movie. Yeah. And I've seen it. I mean, this must have been at least the sixth or seventh time I've seen it. Like, I've seen it a good number of times. I mean, a lot of that was just, like I said, in the background while I was cleaning or something. Like, I wasn't paying attention all those times. But at least three or four times I did. It didn't leave much of an impression on me. So that was kind of my... my uh, mindset going into it was kind of like I don't think there's anything super bad and I don't think there's anything super good I was kind of expecting it we'll see how it holds up against this expectation but I was expecting it to be pretty mediocre all right expecting it to be pretty mediocre interesting all right then so the first category of the grid is going to be writing plot and genre and this one definitely for me had had some a few strengths well one strength really and and some weaknesses and everything else kind of fell into line with my mediocre expectations. So one of the things that I really didn't like going into it was the pace. This movie felt really long. It really, like, it just, I can't quite put my finger on why, because it, like, a lot happened. It's not like, you know, it wasn't like The Incredible Hulk where it was sure. like, well, we watched this whole movie, but what really happened? It's like, well, no, there was a lot going on. Stuff yeah. happened. There were a lot of characters and it set up a lot for, you know, future movies. And for some reason, the pace just... Man, it just felt like nothing was really happening. Stuff was. Yeah. But except for a couple standout scenes, you know, the the drunk fight with uh, between Iron Man and and War Machine was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. That yeah, that was That was That was one of my favorite parts. Yeah, that was nice. Um well, it wasn't nice, you know what I mean? It was <laughs> effective and entertaining. But overall, I just felt like the pace was was really bogged down and I'm not even entirely sure what bogged I think some of it's going to come in the next category with characters because I do have some strong feelings there and I think maybe that's part of it but yeah that's my my biggest complaint by far within this category how about you I basically agree I'm not I'm not really sure what to think of that and I guess it is pacing because I kind of thought the same thing a lot happens in this movie it's not it's not a slow movie it's not a boring movie a lot happens but I just don't remember a lot of it I don't I really don't know what to make of that yeah, that's the other, yeah, it's just not memorable. Like, I mean, like I was saying at the beginning, I've seen this movie half a dozen times, 
And I feel, I mean, because of doing this review, I think I'll have a better memory in the future. But if it wasn't for this, I don't think I would be able, like, in a week, I think I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, what happened? Like, that's, like, pretty much I just remember Iron Man 2 as being like, oh, yeah, Black Widow. That's her first appearance, right? Iron Man 2 is really Black Widow 1 for you. I mean, even then, and I'll get to that more in characters, even then it's lacking. Like, it's it's still disappointing within that, but that's really the most memorable thing for me. And Nick Fury gets some screen time. That's nice, because he really, yeah. I mean, he's pretty relegated to end credits, except for this movie and then Avengers. Right. Um, we really, He doesn't get much screen time in actual plots. Um, so that was nice. I did like that. Was there anything that stood out as really good in this category? There, There is something that stood out as really good. I mean... Iron Man 1 did this quite a bit as well and and more effectively somehow and I can't put my finger on why that is but it it really um like hints at what's to come in a lot of ways and particularly like with the first Iron Man it was much more about the world in general and with this one it's much more specific to the character of Iron Man we get and I will um I guess I should say there will be spoilers for future movies but if, if a movie's in the theaters when we're recording so in this case no Infinity War spoilers, but up to Thor Ragnarok, we will talk about freely. Yeah. Um, you know, if you can buy it on DVD, it's fair game. Um, so that said, um, like this movie does hint quite a bit about what happens with the character of Tony Stark. We have like oh, yeah. like the expo scene at the beginning where he's like, oh, world peace. Like everybody's at peace and, and nobody's willing to take me on because I'm so powerful. And it's like, oh boy, buddy, like wait till, wait till <laughs> Avengers, wait till Civil War. Wait yeah. till, I mean, even Iron Man 3, and I mean, even some of that's foreshadowing within the movie itself, like even Iron Man 2, yeah. like someone takes him on, yeah, you know? Yeah, wait, wait until 30 minutes from now. So I like that foreshadowing of like, oh, he thinks that he's like this earth leader supreme or something, and, and like there are others that are as powerful, if not more powerful, both on his side and not on his side, like... Right. So there, like, there's this whole world that it's opening up of like, oh, you think you're really hot shit, but like, wait, just wait. Um, and and I feel like there were other things too. Um, War Machine saying like, or not why it was Rhodey saying like, um, you know, you can't do this alone. You're gonna need other people with you, which of course right. within the context of this movie means you need a sidekick. You need War Machine. But in the grand scheme of things, it's like, yeah, you can't really do much alone. You need the Avengers. Um, so, so as far as world building, like it did some really neat thing. And even, you know, we see Captain America's shield thrown in there, which, yeah. which is a really interesting exchange because like, of course the joke is like, oh, he doesn't know what it is. He's just going to use it to level his thing. Yeah. But he does know, like we know after seeing all these movies, he is very well aware of who Captain America was. Like his dad told him the stories for his whole childhood and like worshipped Captain America and he always felt like he couldn't live up to him and then like he actually meets Captain America and they like there's right. this whole thing of like oh no like it seems like he doesn't know what it is so that's why he's like not treating it with respect but he knows exactly what it is and doesn't care he's like oh that I think yeah, that's I that's Tony Stark being Tony Stark yeah he's very irreverent right which I really like so there's a lot of things within that one like subcategory of, of world building that is really effective and should help to make this movie like something really special like Iron Man was. Um, and it just fell so short in all the other categories that it didn't, okay. it wasn't enough to make it a memorable movie. So that's kind of, you know, as far as strengths go, like I, I thought it did a lot of things really, really well within that category. Um, but maybe it focused a little bit too much on hinting at a greater world and didn't focus enough okay. on, maybe that's, I mean, I'm not positive if that's what happened or not, but that could be factor yeah i i kind of uh again i feel like i say this every time you talk (laughs) 
I kind of feel the same way, but slightly different. Um, one of the things that I really liked and thought was uh, really interesting, well, there's two things uh, for this category. One is that I think they did a really good job of showing how over-the-top absurd and ridiculous Tony Stark is as a character. Like, he owns a, uh, a race car team, and then he just feels like driving. So he shows up, and he's like, I'm the driver now, and then he's the driver. Yeah. And, like, that's so over-the-top absurd. I mean, this is a movie where he's like the CEO and he's like in his garage doing things and he's also a superhero and he's like this billionaire genius inventor. But then like on a whim, he's a race car driver. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Whatever. It just it goes so over the top and so yeah. ridiculous. And I think that also shows up in the other characters, because for me, all the other characters were like kind of shitty versions of Tony Stark or Iron Man. Like the hammer guy, he was like trying to be, he was like a yeah. low budget version of Tony Stark, the millionaire playboy. He just yeah. wasn't very good at it. He was trying really hard, but he wasn't very good at it. I'll get more into that in the characters yeah. because I have very yeah, strong feelings about that character. But yes, I agree. He was a shittier version of, of Tony Stark. And then War Machine to me is just kind of a shitty version of Iron Man. I think because... that's too harsh though. Well, I think it's kind of missing the point because Iron Man, yeah, he's basically indestructible and basically kills everything. But that's not what makes him the superhero. What makes him the superhero is his wits. But see, and, and I his think his inventiveness. And then War Machine is just a machine that blows shit up. See, and I disagree there, though. And this is getting into character, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, like I think there, it's almost like they are two parts of the same character and they almost can't exist without each other, which I wish they played up more on in future movies because I feel like that could be a really interesting dynamic. Tony Stark, like he's like you said, he is the genius who built the machine and he like he he says throughout the whole movie, like you cannot separate us. We are the same thing. But he has a lot of very significant flaws. I mean, I think that's the whole point of the scene where he gets drunk and is in the suit. And it's like, yes, you're very smart. Yes, you're outsmart people. You can out invent people. You can out talk people like he's he's got all that down, but he lacks the discipline. And then Rhodey comes along and he gets a suit and he he is all discipline. And and I don't say he's not smart, but it's much more like he. He follows orders, which, which again, I'm not going to say that that, you know, indicates a lack of intelligence, but it's, it's a lack of agency, at least. Because, I mean, there's the scene where he's told, like, oh, get the suit to Hammer, and you can tell he doesn't want to do it, but he's he's a military guy. He does it anyway, because... Yeah, I thought that was weird. What else are you going to do if you disobey orders in the military? Like, you're yeah. going to get dishonorably discharged. Like, you can't... Sure, you, I know, you've... but he was, like, against it, but then the very next time we see him, he's like, give me all the weapons. Like, well, because it was like the exchange. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> but yes, I do think that there like there's a balance where like Tony Stark has the agency, he does what he wants, and he has the the intelligence to keep improving the suit and keep I mean we see it throughout his whole run so far within the MCU as he's every every movie he's in, his suit is a little bit better than the last movie. A little bit better, a little bit better. He's always improving it and no one else can do that besides him. Yeah. But then I think I think you need uh, or you need War Machine to step in and be like, okay, we need a little bit of we need some some order, we need some discipline. Sure. 
So I almost think that they need each other to kind of keep each other in check, which, which again, I, I don't think they play up on that very much. They do a little bit here and there. Especially in the first one where Rose is like, I'm your yeah. babysitter. So I, I agree with that. And that's really cool. I like that. But for me, War Machine as a superhero was just like a shitty version. In my mind, to me, it was like a, a shitty version of Iron Man. If you stripped away the things that I think make Iron Man a hero that make Iron Man unique and interesting and worth following and turn it into just like a dude with a suit who can blow stuff up, you get yeah. Iron Man. And then the the bad Maybe guy... War Machine. Or, sorry, War Machine. Yeah. That's right. Your War Machine. Uh, the bad guy, I don't know his name at all. Whiplash is the... Oh, it is Whiplash? I don't think they ever say it in the movie, but... Um, even him, he's... He is Tony Stark, the engineer, the wonder kid, the genius. Yeah. Tony Stark built Iron Man in a cave with junk parts. And here's this dude in Russia, uh, like some shithole apartment with surrounded by junk who builds, you know, basically an arc reactor and does his own thing. But yeah, fails. Everything fails ultimately. I did think that that was really interesting because even but like him building the initial suit was very much so like the cave in in the first mm-hmm. one. But then even after that, like he goes to jail and then Hammer breaks him out. And it's very much so like, well, we're basically going to keep you captive until you build us what you want or what we want. And it was like exactly the same oh, thing that yeah. happened. Like it was very and I was kind of torn where I was like, is this really clever, like mirroring stuff happening or is this lazy? And I'm leaning more towards the the first option but i'm yeah it was so i mean i don't know but i did think that was interesting i I mean they were very much so mirrored characters at least as far as their their origin story goes yeah i i I think it's intentional just because there's so many like mirrors or or like i don't want to call them shitty versions of tony stark and iron man (laughs) but to me that's what it seems like it's like it is and if it's that common it seems to me that it has to be intentional it has to I show think it that must be. Yeah. not only is Tony Stark like a, a 10 out of 10 in every category. Yeah, I guess that's it. He's, he's, he's a, a 10, 10 out of 10. 10. Yeah. And, and anyone who tries is like an 8 out of 10 at one category. So then what do you think? We're just completely in characters now. That's fine. Um, if every character is a, a shitty version of Tony Stark, <laughs> then how, how how does Pepper Potts play into that? Because she is is the business yeah. version of Tony Stark and she is, we don't really see it. So I don't know if this is true, but it seems like we are led to believe that she is much better at it than he is. Yeah. But is that true? Because we don't really see her do much except yell at people on the phone. <laughs> but... That's what we're led to believe. So, yeah. what, so how does that play in? That's the uh, the, the one uh, thing that I hoped you wouldn't talk about. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is the one thing where, like, Tony Stark himself even says, "No, you are running the business. You're you're the, yeah. you're the CEO, not in in name and not in title, but as far as you know." job duties go you are the ceo you are running the company so do you think maybe that was uh but maybe having tony stark sort of absorb the attention uh is what kept her sane but now that she's the center of attention she just can't take that yeah well because she there are two things that i think is interesting the first could be that could be the uh, uh justin throw who wrote the screenplay like that could be his way of maybe arguing i guess that maybe his money is not a factor in what makes him a superhero if it's distancing 
that might be a bit of a stretch. And I don't think that is true because huh. he couldn't do what he does without yeah. all the money he has. So I think I think his wealth is inherent well, in that. that time that he did and then became Iron Man. But he had people giving him everything he wanted. That's true. And and if he didn't have all of his money, he would still have that relatively crappy version of the first suit that didn't you know couldn't even fly so like he keeps improving on the suit because of his money um so so it might be that could be it but i think that that would be a, a poor way of doing it if that was the intent or it could be uh, maybe she isn't as good at it as he is because by the end of the movie she's like i can't take it this is too much stress so maybe even if she's better at the you know, technically better with with the numbers or whatever it is that she's supposed to be doing. <laughs> you know, he can handle the stress and she can't, so therefore he's still better at it than she is. I'm not sure, but I do think that that's interesting that almost every character in this movie is some sort of mirror version of himself, and he he proves himself to be more worthy, just, I guess, just or better than everyone at everything, really. I guess, but it doesn't really. But usually that's annoying when it's like, come on, isn't there something you're bad at? But I think he's just such an asshole that it's like, well, he's a bad <laughs> human being. So <laughs> like you yeah. can kind of be like, OK, I guess he can be good at everything because he's kind of a bad person or at least a jerk. I guess he has morals, but I don't know. Anyway, so I guess we've pretty much um, we've now talked about plot and genre and characters, which is um, perfectly fine. But there is one thing. Well, Okay, so should we backtrack to plot and genre, give our total, and then move sure. back in? Okay, um, so just so it doesn't get lost in the shuffle. Um, so my total for plot and genre was a 5.4. It was pretty average in my book. The only thing that really kept it from falling below expectations um, was I give the world building and exposition such a high score. Okay. Everything else was was fours and fives. Um, for me, plot and genre got a 6.2. It exceeds expectations. Um, so why don't you go first with the, you said there was yeah. a couple things you wanted to add for characters. Yeah, writing and characters. This category got pretty low scores for me, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because I think maybe this movie was trying to do something different in that the first one really focused on Tony Stark and Tony Stark's character arc and Tony Stark's outer goals and Tony Stark's inner needs and it was very focused on the individual. And yeah. I think this one focuses a little bit more on like the society or like where the balance is between Tony Stark doing his thing, doing whatever he feels like, and yeah. the, the public good, the military, which is supposed to, you know, represent everyone and protect everyone, also needs to like get in on this and then like yeah. where's that line? And I think it I think it was interesting that this movie talked about that i i think that it for me it lost a lot of points because uh personally that just doesn't resonate with me very much but i do think it's an interesting take yeah rather than like the superhero just does whatever he feels like right destroys half a city to save one life but he's the good guy so that's okay exactly i do agree that it's like i like that they especially so early since that does right. eventually play such a big role in in civil war yeah like i i like that they brought that in so early and i think unlike you i it does kind of well i don't know that i would say it resonates with me but i find it interesting just that approach of of comic book storytelling of like well, what if this exists? Because I feel like in most, it's like, well, this is just a completely separate world where superheroes just exist and they and they just exist. Right. Whereas in more modern, um, like even within the comic books, obviously 
Civil War was a comic book first and then it was adapted. So I mean, just within comic books and in more recent years, last 20 years or so, it's become more of a like, well, yeah. what if this like we we have a military, we have a government, every other country does too. And like there are laws that are like this, this would be an act of war. If you, like especially in the first Iron Man, like he goes to other countries and kills a bunch of people like that is an act of war. You just like, like, I'm not arguing he's a bad guy. Like he did something good. He, he defeated the bad guys. But like there are political ramifications to this. And so I do like I'm glad it's not a whole movie of like court hearings and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, I don't want it to go that far. But I like that it's addressing this idea of like, you built a weapon and his his prosthetic right that, like his argument is like no it's a part of me and and i think he really believes it like i don't think that's bullshit just to like have him try and get what he wants like i think he believes that like no like i am a part of the suit and I, especially because like his heart powers the suit yeah like there's just this very like like in his mind it's like no it's not a weapon i am a superhero and this is like an extension of that like it's his identity like and he really throughout the whole course of his his character arc throughout the mcu like hit that's that's his thing is like but this is who i am right and, i and, am iron man and and pepper potts is always there being like yeah but maybe you don't have to be like look at all these other people who are here now they have actual superhero <laughs> hero, like superpowers you have a suit maybe you could take a step back and he's like yeah, but just in case, let me keep improving the suit. Like he sure. all like that's always in the back of his mind of like, just in case, yeah, I'm gonna keep going. Um, so I like that they. I mean, like I said, within the world building, like I really like that they they're setting all of that up and like and getting this like like well, if this was in the real world, there there would be ramifications. Like right. that, like I I'm kind of on. I forget the character's name, but like Gary Shandling, his the whole senator. character, the senator, yeah, where he's like, look, like you you have like the most powerful weapon on earth, and. But I'm like, like, I'm kind of on Gary Shandling's side on, in that scene. Like, I'm like, yeah, Tony Stark is being an asshole and he's got this really powerful weapon. Why is he the only person in the world who gets to... And I'm not saying that a military, like, that's probably a bad idea to give... I mean, it's probably a bad idea for anybody to have that kind right. of power. Like, it's... Yeah, to just have a civilian have this... Like, it's... I get it. Like, I, I get that debate. So I thought, I thought it was really interesting that said... Um, I do think it could have been handled in a little bit of a better way. I don't know. And I think a big part of it, and this gets into into one of the things that I wanted to add to this category, um, is the character likability. All yeah. of the characters, including Tony Stark, were just unlikable throughout, at least for me, at least throughout like the first half of the movie, especially. Like during that courtroom oh, yeah. scene, like I know he's kind of like he's Tony Stark is supposed to be an asshole. Like, he's supposed to be charming, but like you just want to slap him. Like, yeah. you know, like, like yeah, he has like a superhero aura where everything he does, everyone's okay with. Right. But in this movie, like, cause like the first movie, like he was an asshole, but it's like, yeah, he's Tony Stark. You can kind of. Sure. It's okay. like like somehow it's charming even though he's right, an ass. It's the superhero aura. It's, yeah, but in this movie, especially it got a little better as the movie progressed, but like for at least the first act, I'm like I don't like him and I am not root like I said I was rooting for Gary Shandling in that courtroom scene cuz he was just he was just an asshole, like, throwing around his stupid peace signs and, like, go up, privatized, world peace, y'all. Like, I don't think he actually said y'all, but he might as well have. Like, he was just obnoxious. Yeah. And I just feel like there was a better way, because I think that was a really interesting dialogue. And even the, like, privatizing world peace, that is an interesting concept. I would be interested in hearing more about that. 
within a fictionalized world, I think, <laughs> at least. Like, it's, it's an interesting concept. So, I mean, there were interesting things happening, and it just completely lost my interest by how much of like I just didn't even want to hear anything he had to say like I'm like like I don't want you to succeed you are an asshole and yeah. you're treating everyone bad like it's just they and even but in every character I found to be unlikable like Pepper yeah. Potts she was kind of annoying in the first one but it, like you said a lot in our in our review of the first Iron Man like, it's like she's just she's so tired like she's, yeah. she has to deal with Tony Stark's crap all the time and she like she works so hard like she's she's tired and it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, she was just tired. And in this one, instead of being tired, she was just angry. Which I kind of... I mean, if I was around Tony Stark all the time, I'd probably be angry too. But I wouldn't make a movie about it because that's boring. Like, like, no, but like she was just like... Like, instead of being the tired mom at the grocery store, yeah. she was like the angry mom yelling at her kids and everyone else is awkwardly looking around. Does this work for you? Okay. <laughs> like, it was just, she, like, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. And, and there was no sexual tension between them. Like, I thought there was there was a decent amount of chemistry. I didn't quite understand why she was attracted to him in the first one. But but I still bought the, the chemistry. Like, it was like, yeah, there is something kind of charming there. Like, yeah, I, I hope those two kids, you know, make it work someday. And in this moment, like, it seemed more like they had been in a relationship, had an yes. awful falling out. Like, that's what it felt that's, like. I, I totally agree with that. I was just about to say, to to me, she was less of, like, a tired mom or tired whatever. As She was more like a, uh, like, just a bitch of a wife. Yeah, she was. I mean, I hate using that term, but she was a bitch in this movie. Like, she was yeah. just bitchy. Like a, like a bitch of an ex-wife, really, mm -hmm. if you take that stereotype and... Yeah. There you go. That's Pepper Potts, I guess. Yeah. And even the scene, like, when he decides to to drive the race car and she, like, flips the F out and is, like, like you know, telling Natasha yeah. or Natalie, her, her American super secret cover name, <laughs> she's telling her, like, like, oh, my God, get happy. We got to stop this. What does he think he's doing? Did you know about this? And I'm like, yeah, it's like... Like, yeah, racing a car can be dangerous. Like, that's it's a pretty stupid thing to do. But, like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, I feel like that scene would have played so much better if she just, like, rolled her eyes and was like, oh, he's at it again. And then when yeah. Whiplash comes, it's like, oh, crap, like, now freak out. Like, yeah. like why was she freaking out so, like, just... Especially after having worked for Tony Stark for, for that so long. For so many years. <laughs> that's a normal Tuesday. You know that. Right. So just, just her whole character. Like, she went from being, like... Like, oh, yeah, this feels, like, like realistic. Like, she's just, she's kind of tired, but she puts up with it. And, like, maybe she's kind of in love with him. And, like, it's kind of charming. And there's, you know, chemistry. And it just turned into, like, like a nagging bitchy ex-wife. And, like, and I yeah. hate, like, that's an awful stereotype. But her character was written pretty yeah, awfully I, in I this movie. Like a better way of wording what she is. Right. And, I mean, like, it was just... It was uninteresting. It was annoying. It was archetypal. Like, it was every negative thing you can think of. And it just... I don't even know why. Exactly. Why was she like that? And nobody ever called her out on it. Like, I feel like Tony Stark would be like, come on, Pepper. Like, you, you know me better than this. Like, simmer down. Yeah. Everyone just went along with it. Like, oh, that's just Pepper. I'm like, but it's not. We saw her in the first movie. Yeah, and she was fine. Like, I liked her a lot in that movie. <sighs> got all worked up character likability i gave it a 2.5 out of 10 Whoa. i liked these characters in the first iron man yeah. and then they were they were unlikable in general and it's like what are you doing yeah i said in the hulk review for uh, for the incredible hulk i was like i think this is the only marvel movie i can like definitively say i do not like 
And then I was like, man, I forgot a lot about Iron Man 2. I, I don't think I like this movie either. Okay. Uh, and I think the biggest thing is the, the character likability. Like, I was not rooting for these characters, which is like, that's bad in any movie, but it's particularly bad because I was rooting for them in Iron Man 1. Yeah, <sighs> yeah it, it is really weird that that they became so unlikable like i could understand maybe not paying a lot of attention to the individual characters because you want to focus on like the social thing like yeah you know i could see focusing on that more and i think they tried to do that but maybe i, I guess they just didn't do a very good job i guess not only did they neglect the individuals but they made them worse yeah they really did one thing that i did like uh in this category was uh introducing nick fury like, not introducing yeah. him, but having him actually, like, say more than five words. I appreciated that, too. And we really, I mean, like I said before, like, Avengers is really the only other time we see him besides yeah. a couple uncredit scenes here and there. And he starts to fall off of the uncredit scenes, even. Like, he's only in a few after phase one. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I really, and especially after he wasn't in the Incredible Hulk. And it was like, yeah, like, there was definitely, like, a missing piece there. And so I felt like this kind of made up for that a little bit. Yeah, it was good to see him, and it was good to, uh, like, hear him actually talk, because yeah. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, he was both, like, Samuel L. Jackson badassery, and at the same time, very uh, sort of cavalier and uh, unconcerned and sort of easy-peasy with the way he said things. Yeah. Which kind of reminded me of Tony Stark. Yeah, so I see this, that. So they had this interesting, like, he's, he's really intense and badass, but at the same time, he just sort of, like... Like a cheesy dad making cheesy dad jokes, except he's also Samuel L. Jackson being badass. <laughs> like when he walks out, like we see Iron Man sitting in the donut eating donuts, yeah. and he like walks up all badass in his like trench coat and eye patch, and you know, almost looking like he's coming out of the Matrix or something. Like, sure, yeah. you know, he's got just he's just badass, and it's like, sir, I'm gonna need you to get out of the donut, yeah. and yet it, like somehow he pulls it off. Like he had some of the cheesiest lines, and yet I'm like. Fury, like yeah you got to figure out the riddle of your heart <sighs> that one was a little silly but yeah <laughs> this that's one of the things about this movie i think this is the silliest well there's another movie in the marvel cinematic universe that is tied for silliness i think this one is interesting i i mentioned it as we were watching it and i was like i'm not gonna tell you what else he has written oh yeah um so justin thoreau who is an actor primarily um he wrote the screenplay he's only written so before iron man um he only wrote one other movie and that was tropic thunder uh he wrote tropic oh, thunder oh okay yeah then he wrote iron man 2 tropic thunder was an awesome movie i still haven't seen it um, but then after Iron Man 2, um, he wrote a TV movie that I've never heard of, uh, but then he wrote Rock of Ages and Zoolander 2. Okay. I, yep. That explains so, the humor so, of this movie. Yeah. And I think that also, like, I mean, it really, and it's not that, okay. you know, later Marvel movies aren't silly. They still kept with that. I mean, almost every Marvel movie, like the, the writer and or director has been primarily comedy before this. I mean, look at the Russo brothers. They were Arrested Development community before Captain America. And now they're like the biggest directors in in the MCU. So, I mean, it's not yeah. uncommon to use people with comedic talents and bring them into the MCU. But just this early, I think it was, I mean, I mean, the next movie is Thor directed by Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> this is, you know, I mean, that's the director, not the writer, but still, like, it's just a really odd mix of like okay yeah. like this one's gonna be really shakespearean but this one's gonna be tropic thunder but with iron man i mean that's not i know enough about tropic thunder to know that's not accurate but just it's that one of the best movies i've made 
we'll have to do that one soon then. Um, But yeah, so there's just, like, I think that contributes a lot to some of the, like, that more, like... Yeah, that does explain a lot. Yeah, I thought it might. Um, And it's not, I mean, the script overall isn't inherently bad. Like, like, when I took a step back and looked, I'm like, this script is still a lot better than The Incredible Hulk, and yet I'm pretty sure I didn't compare the two and I should have, but I don't think it like I think it scored lower in writing than Incredible Hulk for me in both categories. Um, just because my expectations were so like this is a sequel we've already had. Like with with the Incredible yeah. Hulk, it's like, well, it is what it is, and like it's okay. kind of hard for me at least, it was hard for it to fall below expectations sure. as long as it was like decent. It's like, okay, whatever, it, it is what it is. But with this one, I had such expectations. And I mean, the plot structure is fine. Like a lot of things are are fine within it. I just didn't like it. Um, and I think a lot of it is because it felt more... I mean, I wouldn't classify it as a comedy. Like it's certainly not Guardians of the Galaxy. or Like it's not that kind of humor. Right. But it's not... I, like it just... It's still finding its footing, I guess, as far as that like trademark Marvel humor, which we get like after phase one for sure. And I, I mentioned this in... Um, I think Incredible Hulk that like I think it really starts with the Avengers once Joss Whedon comes in I have a lot of issues with him in general lately but like uh, with his you know he can balance action and humor very very well like it's you just can't deny it so I think he was able to kind of balance it and then set a new standard and then and then you got people like James Gunn what's his name right coming in with um uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and doing a completely different kind of thing and and Anyway, now I'm jumping way ahead to phase two, but... You're out of phase. I know, but I guess what I'm saying is just that the balance of humor was just a little off. And I still, I think it comes back to, I mentioned this in a previous review also, that like the first comic book movies, I still think the intended audience was like younger boys. I think there was just this idea of like, well, like you know, maybe 10 to 15 year old boys or something like that. That's who reads comic books, right? So that's who's going to see these movies. Yeah. And I think it took a little while um, to kind of figure out like, oh no, there's a bigger, broader audience. Right. So I think this those like more comedic moments. I think it was intended at younger boys. Maybe, I mean, maybe that's not the case. Maybe it was just, maybe it's just a type of humor I don't love. Because it didn't feel like, I wouldn't necessarily call it juvenile. It's not like it was a bunch of like fart jokes and sex jokes and stuff. Like it was... Yeah, but it was just more like slapsticky and more. I mean, like the scene, it's like it's actually a pretty badass fight scene. The first time we see Whiplash, he comes on the race car track and like his clothes burn off and he's got the whips. Like yeah. that's that was a pretty awesome fight scene. Like that was one of the two scenes that I remembered going into this movie. I'm like, yeah, there's a fight scene on a racetrack that's pretty cool. But then like by the end of that scene, like you've got Happy and Pepper in the car and he's like keeps trying to open the door and the door closes yeah. and he's like, no, I need my suit and it's like. What is even happening? Like, there's this badass fight scene. Get back to it. Yeah, that was like 90 seconds long. Yeah, it went of, on for like, so long. Backing up and going forward. And yeah. It, it was almost like that scene in um, Austin Powers where they got the car <laughs> stuck in the in the hallway and it's the, like they have like one inch in front of them and one inch behind yeah. them. Yeah. It's like back up, forward, back up, forward, back up, forward. Yeah. It went on for two. Like, it was mildly funny the first time it happened and then it happened like 10 more times and it's like, this was mildly funny and then it went on too long. And anyway, I'm just going all over the place. Um, so I have one more thing I want to talk about with characters before we move on to acting and casting. Um, but before I go on another rant, because this one's probably going to be a doozy, um, is there anything you wanted to add? 
Yeah, so for the characters, um, there was no... It didn't seem to me that there was any real inner needs for anyone Oh, no. There was barely even any outer goals, really. Yeah. Like, it was pretty much, like, Tony wanted to keep the suit and the military wanted the suit for themselves. And then, like, Hammer kind of wanted the suit, too. Yeah, which kind of... It really bothers me because for these kind of superhero movies... To me, it seems a lot like a modern mythology. And one of the big parts of mythology is like, here's how you should live your life. Here's how you should make decisions. Here's what you should care about. Here's the values you should yeah. have. And I'm not saying I need to be indoctrinated with these movies or something, but there has to be so, that has to be present right? somewhere, even if I don't agree with it or even if it's mishandled or something. Right, should at least spark a discussion. Yeah, there was n nothing. Yeah, there was very was, little in the way of morality with this movie at all. Like, it was just like... Bad guy, good guy. Yeah, it was just, who who gets That's the it. suit? Yeah. And we didn't even get, like, a... From, like, a legal perspective, there wasn't much of a conclusion. Like, why is it that the military didn't come in and take the suits? They probably should have, right? Nick Fury. Oh, did he step the, in? Uh, yeah. Okay. But, yeah, there wasn't... Like, even when, like... Like, Tony Stark got drunk and was, like, having a party in, in his suit. That sounds... Kind of sounds like not what I mean, but also it is. Oh, yeah. Um, Like, like even within that, I mean, there was, like, one line where, like, he asks Rhodes, like, do you think you're worthy to wear that suit mm -hmm. or something? And I don't even remember his response. But there was, like, other than that question, there wasn't really, like, this idea of, like, well... I guess it goes back to what you were saying of like, like, is he a superhero because of the suit or is it all of these other things? And it really seemed like it was just the suit with this movie. Yep. War Machine was a shitty Iron Man. Not in this movie, though. Like, he wasn't. Like, he was equal I mean, with he's him. I mean, he's badass and, like, firepower-wise, he's equal. But as a character, I, and I guess this goes back to me viewing it as modern mythology as a character, it's just a dude who blows shit up. And that's not yeah. who I view Iron Man and Tony Stark as. But he wasn't. I don't know. Not in th no in this movie, no he one just, was really anything. Yeah, it was just people in a suit blowing things up. Like that's the whole movie. Yeah. Because I feel like there was like like there could have been a real like not to get into Thor, but here I go. Like there could have <laughs> been like Thor. The whole idea is: Are you worthy to have oh, these powers? I'm just saying, like. Like, with Thor, that whole idea was, like, he had to prove his worth. And with this movie, they could have done a really similar thing of, like, you need to be worthy to have this suit and you're not being worthy. You're you're getting drunk and having parties and, you know, just doing your own thing, not listening to, to the government. You should have, like, a relationship with that. Like, just there was no no sense of, like, like, what you're doing is not what a superhero should be doing. It was just, like... Well, he's on the verge of death. He can do whatever he wants. Right. There's still like I just wish there was a little bit more of a of a conversation about like, are you acting like a superhero right now? No, maybe you should. You know, and there and that was just lost. And especially because I mean, in the comic books, like Tony Stark is an alcoholic, and and that's yeah. that's like his one of his biggest, if not his biggest, struggle as a superhero is like, I need to have self control if I'm gonna have this suit and be this hero and and have this power. But I don't have self-control because, of uh, you know, like it's, it's this balance. But, of course, Disney instantly shied away from that. 
because um, they started to hint at it with this movie, but this movie came out right around the time Disney bought Marvel, yeah. and all future movies just didn't want anything to do with it and changed the narrative significantly. So, um, anyway... I agree with you, I guess, is what I'm saying. That there should have been more more discussions of, of morality and, and what it means to be a superhero. And that was lost. Uh, so what did you give this category? Well, I, st- I still have one more thing I need oh, to talk about. Okay. I know. I don't think... I won't have as much to say about the other <laughs> categories. Um, and I don't dislike the other categories as much as the writing categories. Um, but I do want to touch on the dialogue real quick. Because um, in general, it was fine. But there were yeah. enough moments... Where I was like literally eye rolling or just making jokes. There's the scene where where it's Tony Stark and and Natasha and they're talking about uh, his birthday party and she makes oh, him a martini yeah. and she's like, "Is that dirty enough for you?" And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Like she, she is a better undercover agent than that. That was so heavy handed and so like intentionally innuendo y. Yeah. And there wasn't even like it wasn't even like a sexy scene or anything. It was just like it yeah." Was, I th- I was kind of confused. Like, what's her... Is she, like, supposed to get a DNA right. sample or something? Or is she trying to seduce it? Like, I still don't know what her goal this, was. Yeah, like, I guess she was... I guess we find out at the end. I guess she was assessing him to find out if he was worthy to be an Avenger. Mm-hmm. But, like, does part of that assessment include sleeping with him? Like, what was her plan? Not that she did, but, like, but, like that whole scene was, like, her trying to seduce him or something. And I'm like, what is she doing? Yeah. So that stood out. And then... uh this one really bothered me because it was super cheesy and also super cliche. And I predicted it like from a mile away when um, when uh, Tony Stark is watching the videos of his dad. And then like yeah. suddenly he's like, hi, Tony, I'm going to talk to you directly for a bit. And then at the very end of that scene, he's like, my greatest creation. Uh. And then like a 30 second dramatic pause is you i'm like oh my god gag me with this i literally said gag me with a spoon because it was it was oh my god it was ridiculous and i feel like there were other examples too but those two stood out enough that i i um i thought it was worth noting and and i did give dialogue i only gave dialogue 3.5 out of 10 um because there were just it, it was okay. it was predictable and there were enough times where i literally rolled my eyes at some of the dialogue um, that I, I couldn't consider it as as meeting expectations. It was below expectations, um, pretty significantly. So yeah. I, just, I I couldn't uh, I couldn't let that slide. I had to mention it. I know we've gone way over in this category, but um, so my total for um, the writing characters was a three point eight, which fell below expectations. Ooh. Mine was a three point four. Wow! I thought for sure mine would be lower than yours. I had nothing good to say except for Nick Fury. All right, fair enough. Um, so then we can finally move on. Um, I don't think I'll have as many rants going forward. <laughs> it can be acting and casting. This one, I mean, I have a few things of note. I am not a fan of um, Sam Rockwell. He just came on. A lot of it comes to to what you were saying about him just being a shitty version of Tony Stark. And I'm like, they should be pretty damn close to equals like he has a a comparable company that does very similar things and he is the founder it is his name attached to that company they should be i mean they shouldn't be equals tony stark should be more intelligent because that's that's his superpower that's his thing he he is like i said he's 10 out of 10 but hammer should be like 9 out of 10 he should be pretty damn close that was going back to writing a little bit but even just his performance like he just came across as an 
idiot. Yeah, for me, mostly unstable. Maybe a little like, bit of that too. Like he almost seemed like he was like, he was like the, the the cool guy doing his thing, and then like something yeah. got, something was not quite right, and he like freaked the fuck out, and he was like angry man. I almost um, feel like I don't think I can picture look wise, but but acting style wise, I almost feel like he would be a much better like Lex Luthor. Like he's got that like like I'm an evil businessman, but maybe I could snap. Um, although that's more yeah, although that's more like Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor, yeah. who was like super like usually Lex Luthor is not portrayed quite so unstable. But yeah, I do feel or some sort like maybe just a DC villain in general because they tend to be like a little bit more. I don't know, like they almost seem normal and they snap. That okay. seems to be I don't know. Just, I mean, there's just a different feel between DC and. Marvel, and I feel like maybe I could buy him in the in the DC extended universe, but not. I don't know. I just he just came across as as somebody who was really stupid and and literally just looking for someone else to do the work for him. And I'm like, I don't know. Well, I mean, I think that would be okay if that's what they went with, because Tony Stark is like that. Like he's very charismatic. So yeah, I could but see he does this, the work himself. So I could see this be this guy being like, you know, you know, Tony Stark has two things. He's the engineer, he's the nerd who makes things, but he's also the businessman who's like shaking hands and smiling for yeah. the camera and all that. So I could see this guy being the uh the 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 social Tony Stark, whereas the the other bad guy, Whiplash, being the engineer, the nerdy Tony Stark. But he's still how do but, you found a weapons company being charismatic and he didn't even seem charismatic yeah that's like there's that moment where he's like oh i'm gonna go to stark expo and maybe i'll get laid and it just seemed like like the way he said it is like you mean for the first time yeah like is it gonna happen for the first time for you like and i mean yeah it's like (sighs) what what, what way to admit that you're like a shitty tony stark yeah like it just like you cannot phrase it better than that right i'll do my own expo and maybe i'll get laid yeah and it just like it i just like, it didn't seem like he was successful in any way, and he's supposed to be Tony Stark's main competitor. And I, a lot of this does go back to the writing. I'm not trying to backtrack too much. Um, but a lot of it came just with his performance, too. Like, he just yeah. he just didn't come across as an intelligent person. And I'm sure Sam Rockwell is very intelligent. I think he is a really good actor, and, and he's been getting a lot more credit for things lately, which is awesome for him, and and but I just didn't love him in this role. I I just didn't buy him. Like he's he doesn't come across he doesn't come across as charismatic, and he doesn't come across as intelligent. Some of that's probably the script, but I, I think a lot of it was was with the casting too. I just I just don't understand. And we were also saying too, like like throughout the movies, like like you at one point mentioned, like he reminds me of of Dana Carvey in Wayne's World, yeah. and and I was saying he reminded me of um, Alexis Denisov when he was on. Um, specifically when he was on How I Met Your Mother as the, like, smarmy weatherman Sandy Weathers, uh, if anybody <laughs> remembers that. Like, he just had, like, a... Like, you just... I couldn't take him seriously. And then who... There was a third person that, like, halfway through the movie, I was like, no, 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 I was wrong before. He just reminds you of buffoons. Exactly! He does, yeah, though! He yeah. really does! Um, I don't remember who the other person was. It'll probably come to me later. But, yeah, I, I just... I couldn't take him seriously and i yeah i have very strong feelings about that um but other than that acting or that casting choice i guess um like i thought i mean i really like from the beginning i i've always liked scarlett johansson as black widow i know a lot of people even now people are kind of it's a little hit and miss with whether people like her or not but i always like i mean i didn't know who the character was when i first saw iron man 2 but like 
afterwards, of course, I asked my dad because he's my go-to comic book source. <laughs> and he yeah. explained a little bit about her character. And I was, I was pretty much on board from the beginning. And, and she hasn't disappointed. So I thought the casting there was great. I really like, I liked Don Chidle as, as Rhodes so much more than, than Terrence Howard. Um, yeah, how about how they introduced him, his first his was, opening lines. That was awesome. Like, <laughs> I'm here, get over it. Yeah, like, I'm here, it's like, the name of, I'm here, it's me, get over it, like, something yep. like that. That was... Yeah, it was very, very meta, but it felt very natural for the scene with how it was, because I forget what Tony Stark even said to, so something like, I can't believe this is really you, or something like that. So the the casting for those characters, it didn't bother me that much that uh, the Hammer Man, I don't know his name, Mr. Hammer, anyways, like it's totally Mm -hmm. fine to me that he was sort of a a buffoonish, unstable Tony Stark wannabe, because that's what I think this movie is about, or at least a big part of it. I don't really know much about Black Widow. I think Scarlett Johansson Mm -hmm. is... Very good at face acting. A lot of close-up scenes, That's, a lot of subtleties. Yeah, I hate saying it because I do love Scarlett Johansson and I'll see pretty much anything she's in. But she is one of the, like, she's very talented. Performances are best when she doesn't say anything. And that sounds mean. <laughs> like, she she's fine at line deliveries. But, like, her facial reactions, oh, no yeah. matter what she's reacting to, like, oh my god, she's got some subtle skills. Like, it's... I'll admit her line deliveries can sometimes be a little bit flat, and I think it bothers some people, but man, her facial reactions. Even in oh, this yeah. movie where she didn't have much to react to. I, I Yeah. Anyway, I totally cut you off. I didn't mean... I just get excited. Yeah, I thought casting was good. I thought acting was good enough. How did you feel about um Mickey Rourke? I don't know what else I have seen him in. I know that's a yeah. very popular name. That's uh, literally my thoughts, too. I'm like, oh, Mickey Rourke is in this? Have I seen him in anything else? Heard, I know he's like super famous and stuff. Yeah, I've heard a lot of 30 Rock jokes that mention him. Yeah. All right, I guess we're in the same boat there then. Uh, so I gave the category 6.3 out of 10. It does technically exceed my expectations, but it's a little bit on the low side of that, mostly because of Sam Rockwell. Okay. It came out to a 6.8 for me, which yeah. also exceeds expectations and seems about right. All right. So that's going to bring us to the next category. And this one... Um, You'll probably be glad about this. I I don't think I have anything specific to say about it. Um, that's going to be cinematography, lighting. Yeah. Um, looked really good and looked the way I expect a big budget Hollywood movie to look. Um, but I don't think I can point to a single scene that that had exceptional lighting. My general impressions seem to be that it you know things looked really good. I don't have anything specific to say about this category. So I do like how Iron Man has a lot of like the high tech lighting and high tech like. Uh, 3D models in space and the heads-up display inside of the Iron Man suit. Uh, I really like that. I think they, they, they did a good job. I think it gets ridiculously over the top at times with yeah. like how he like crumples up his 3D model and throws it into a trash can. And there's like yeah. lights that go off and like people like jackpot. People like lost their shit over that though. I remember yeah. like I mean that was some like impressive stuff at the time oh yeah it's it's very nice to look at and it's very impressive but it does nothing for the story yeah uh but i i gave it a few points for that but overall cinematography and lighting nothing really stood out for me this squarely met my expectations okay about you i give it a 6.5 overall um so like acting and casting it exceeded my expectations but not significantly all right it came out to a 5.4 for me, because it was yeah. all fives for everything except for 
uh, give a few extra points for the heads up display and all that stuff. It is neat to look at and um, it is unique to the Iron Man uh, sub universe of the MCU universe. Yeah. Which I guess we haven't really dealt with yet. Yeah, I don't really know. Like, it seems like they're their own franchises, but it's really the Marvel franchise. So, yeah, I guess I don't know if sub universe sub franchise. I don't know. We'll, we'll work on it. All right, so that's going to bring us to the next category, which is going to be cinematography camera work. I just want to have a few little things here and there to say, but not um, certainly not as much as I had to say about the first Iron Man, which I thought had some, some particularly impressive camera work. Yeah, I agree. I guess I only have two, two main things to talk about within this category. And judging by how long I've been going on about <laughs> my things, uh, is there anything you want to start with before I go on a rant, inevitably? Uh, all right, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll start it and you can finish it with the rant. <laughs> uh, so for this category, it almost got a 5 out of 10, except it did fall short of what I saw in Iron Man 1. Absolutely. But I think I a lot of that was that Iron Man 1 was introducing a new character so it was so new and so novel that they really focused on that whereas in this one it's like yeah we know he flies so there was less of that which kind of a bummer because i liked that in the first one yeah but i did notice that there seemed to be more of like i don't know if it was really handheld but like like it looked more handheld like it wasn't like a steady cam focusing on things which gave it a little a little uh, unnerving a little a little more actiony a little more energetic okay. to a lot of the scenes i thought that was nice so it got a little bit for that but other than that i i can't think of anything that really stood out or well maybe one scene but i i'll talk about that when we get to editing Okay, fair enough. One of the things I have to talk about is kind of split between camera work and editing as well. Um, but I think the first thing that I noticed, which usually there's like a significance to to this thing I'm about to mention, and I didn't really see a significance. It just looked cool. So I don't know. Okay. Anyway, um, so there were a lot of reflections in this movie, which I mm. really liked. There was one yeah. scene, like I liked it, but then I'm going to tell you how I would have liked it even more. <laughs> the first time I noticed it is when um, Natasha Romanov first shows up and she's like in the boxing ring with Happy. And then we see like as they're doing their boxing thing, we're seeing Tony Stark and Pepper Potts talking about what he's like Googling Natalie Rushman or whatever she said her name was. She put some weird pictures out there and that what like like that was she she really did not spare any details with her social media. Or I don't even think it was social media. I think I don't know where he was looking. Anyway, that's well. If you I'm sidetracked for uh, if you Google uh, Scarlett Johansson, I'm sure it's the same exact pictures. Pretty, that's literally that's what, what it seemed see. like. It looked like he was doing a Google image search for Scarlett Johansson, and he was yeah. like, "Oh, look at this!" And I'm like, "Why is this?" Like, first of all, that's not that uncommon of a name. Like, Natalie Rushman sounds pretty common. And then, like, he instantly found all of this stuff that was just, like, pictures that I guess she put out there. I guess it was funny because she was trying to be, like, a secretary. That was her cover. Yeah. Well, she wasn't a secretary. She was was in legal. I'm in legal, but online, it's all boudoir on... For real, though. But anyway, um, but I think that scene would have played so much better if, like... Tony and Pepper are having their totally separate conversation. We see the reflection and then we see in the reflection, like yeah. all of a sudden she's like oh, kicking Happy's ass. Yeah. Cause like we see that scene where like she looks away for a second and then he's like, Oh, rule number one. And then she's like, <laughs> can't say, I'm not exactly. even really doing anything specific exactly with my hands, like but 
like yeah like she just like takes him out and it's pretty awesome but I feel like that would have been so much cooler if it was all in reflection that would have been cooler because that was kind of like <sighs> tipping the hand like she's exactly. not just a lawyer business lady yeah and because like like Tony and Pepper kind of like I mean it was like they were sitting in front like it was within their line of sight but they weren't looking directly at the yeah. ring like it so it was kind of out of the corner of their eye but not really kind of like a reflection so I feel like like it would have given us more of their perspective-ish. And yeah. I, I just feel like from a storytelling point of view, that would have been really neat. And I was expecting it, like, because when I, as soon as I saw the reflection, I was like, oh, they must be showing this as for a reason. Are we going to see? Because I remembered that scene, but I didn't remember in specific enough detail to remember if it was in a reflection or if we just saw it. And then when we just saw it, I was kind of like, oh, we should have seen it in the reflection. That would have been badass. Um, so yeah. anyway, so I liked that. Like, I thought that the the composition within that scene where we see the reflection was was really surprisingly beautiful for such a mundane scene. But then they could have used it to utilize the storytelling so much more and didn't, which was disappointing. So I'm a little bittersweet there. Um, but then they, I mean, there were reflections at a few other scenes as well that was kind of similar where it's like, I don't know if it enhanced the storytelling that much, but it looked nice. Um, so yeah. I did like the, the use of... Um, the use of reflections throughout as far as compositions go. Yeah, there was one that stood out to me when it was Tony Stark getting birthday wasted in his <laughs> uh, Iron Man suit, which was just a, a beautiful scene. <laughs> I really like that scene. I liked it a lot too. I don't know if I like, felt it beautiful, but... Yeah, he's like doing all these crazy shenanigans or whatever, and then he sees his reflection in the mirror, and it's just like the eyes and the arc reactor, and oh, it's one yeah. of those like, what have I become moments? <laughs> yeah. Right? Like he's going to get down on his knees and shake his fist at the skies and scream. I half expected that to happen, but, you know. Okay, so I have a little bit more within um, some of the compositions that I really liked that I'd like to get into, um, but it really ties in with editing, and I think editing plays a bigger role. Um, so I think that's really all I'm going to say um, as far as cinematography camera work goes for now. Uh, so is there anything you want to add within this category? Nope. All right, uh, so I gave the... Uh, camera work category a 7.2 overall which which pretty thoroughly exceeds my expectations so for camera work i gave this a 5.4 out of 10 meets expectations Cam, i feel good about that it feels appropriate all right uh, so that's gonna bring us to the editing and special effects there was one thing i'm gonna say <laughs> just right away that definitely knocked the overall editing down and this is a really nitpicky silly little thing like I, I fully admit that but there was as far as I noticed it only happened once which is why I gave it such a low score there was one random like side swipe transition like a wipe and I was like why is there just one like that's a really stylized transition because Iron Man 1 had a few and I kind yeah. of let it slide for the most part because I'm like well it kind of feels comic booky and they're still finding their footing and it didn't really bother me much because it was used sure, enough. Sure, I remember that. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure there was only one and it was like in the last act and maybe there were others that were more subtle that, that I just didn't notice as much but it really stuck out like a sore thumb and I'm like you cannot just throw in a wipe transition unless you use them consistently like that is such a stylized thing and and it really offended me deeply like i just i have very strong op opinions about transitions and and just throwing in a wipe like that in the last act was ridiculous so that's one of the one of the more nitpicky things that did affect the score for me so i guess that's what i'll start with was there anything that that stuck out for you 
Uh, one thing that I did like is seeing Black Widow uh, fight people. Yes, that is that was a for sure scene. something. And it's a little unfortunate because like that scene was was so badass and so pointless to the plot. Like you really only see her fight once and it's like they're trying to find the bad guy who's not there. So that whole scene is just a punchline to be like, oh, Happy's like fighting one on one with someone. And she takes out 10 guys in the same amount of time and he thinks he's done something cool and then sees what she's done. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Which is kind of disappointing that there wasn't more of a thematic purpose. But, I mean, visually speaking, that's some of the best fight scenes in the in the MCU, I think. Like, that was a great fight scene. Yeah, I really liked it. One of the, one of the issues I have with a lot of fight scenes um, is that they just go crazy with editing. Mm-hmm. And they, they rely on editing to sort of amp up the adrenaline. And right. You know, like, if you want to jump a fence, jump over the fence with 12 cuts. Right. And this didn't have too many cuts. I think it would have been better with fewer cuts, but I understand. It was, yeah, it was kind of in between. It was a little um, heavy, but not yeah. nice and hopping a fence. So. It could have been much worse. Right. So I give this a few extra points for not being as bad as it could have been. <laughs> I also gave it, um, as far as the um, editing movement goes, I gave that a fairly high score almost entirely because of the Black Widow fight scene. Yeah, Even though, I mean, like I said, it served no purpose from a storytelling point of view. It was like a five-minute punchline or, yeah. or five-minute lead up to a punchline that was mediocre at best. Well, I guess they were breaking into the room where he was held. And but he wasn't even like, there oh, anymore. Nope, he's not here. Right. Like it was like they could have just not even had that scene. I mean it look I mean glad yeah. I'm glad they had the scene because it looked badass. And finally, like God, we spent almost a whole movie of Black Widow being a secretary and I'm just like And but, even when we finally see her yeah. as Black Widow for the first time, she's just like buddy buddy with nick fury and doesn't do anything it's like we, like why did you even store. yeah why did she even change into the costume one thing that i did really like with it and this is um the uh just the composition of the scene um so it definitely plays into the um camera work as well but one uh scene that i really liked is you see whiplash i forget the character's actual name um but he's talking to hammer i really don't remember these guys names <laughs> no everyone is so unmemorable <laughs> yeah but but whiplash and and mr hammer are talking <laughs> and then well that's literally his name yeah. <laughs> i just don't remember his first name uh but yeah so mr hammer is like oh like i'm gonna leave and these guys are gonna be like your babysitters don't piss them off and then like cut and then it well it's first you see Iron Man and then he gets the phone call and then it cuts back and you see Whiplash with the bird on his shoulder that had previously been like taken and put in the bag and then the two guys like hanging by their necks in the background and like you didn't need to see that fight scene you don't need to know that he took him like it was all done in editing just I'm sure in the writing too but like just with that with the composition of like you see the the guys hanging in the background bird on his shoulder like it was just a very well composed scene like that the mise en scene was was a big part of it I knew you were just dying to talk about that it's just that's the term I can't it's not my fault I hate it so much but the composition I don't know why people can't just call it the composition but it's not the term that's been agreed upon I guess but anyway um but yeah so I just really liked the composition but then just the way it was edited that like we didn't even need to see the fight scene it just goes from like you see him just kind of looking boredly at the two guards see Tony Stark Tony Stark 
phone call gets made. Lindsay Whiplash again. It was a joint effort, I guess, between the yeah, editing yeah. And, and the composition. But I thought as far as like storytelling goes within editing, I thought that was a great example of of ways that editing plays a role. Because because even I mean, they probably didn't film a scene where he fought them. But if they had, sure. like you can do, like you don't need it. Just cut out what's not needed. I, I like that, too. And I forgot about that. Because it kind of reminded me of if you watch uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, they'll, they'll always say, like, <laughs> I don't know, I'll just make something up. Oh, we're, we're never going to get get a cat. We can't have a cat. There's no cats. We can't get a cat. Smash cut to the game gets a cat. Yeah. And it was like sure. that. It was like, oh, this is some badasses. These are some military dudes who are going to protect him. There's no way he's getting out of here. There's no way he's getting his bird. There's, he's, he's, don't worry about it. Smash cut to... And, yeah. and it's like... We know that's going to happen. Right. We expect it. And, and just getting to it that quickly, that's good. I agree. So, yeah, so those are really... Oh, I guess special effects is, is worth talking about with this one as well. Um, I thought the special effects were, were pretty good. There were a few times where it was definitely like, oh, these are two computer-generated suits with, like, voiceover. Sure. Talk. Like, it was de- like, it looked really good. It wasn't, like, cringeworthy. But it was like, I guess, like Uncanny Valley-ish, where it's like, I can tell this isn't like actually a suit, but it looks really convincing. And I'm not sure what was off that like, you know, tipped the hat or whatever that like, like, oh, this is CGI. There were just like, especially in the final act, there were just a few like, this just looks CGI, but it looks really good. Like, it's really good CGI. I don't know. So I mean, I still gave it. I gave it seven point five out of ten for for the special effects. Like it was still really good. It still exceeded my expectations, especially for the time. I mean, this was eight years ago. Now this was twenty ten. Um, so I mean, it looked great, but it just wasn't quite. Um, I was still aware of it. I guess is the biggest thing. My CGI senses were tingling. <laughs> so, yeah, that's really. I think that's all I have to say about about editing and special effects. Is there anything you'd like to add? No, uh, this was like the last few categories. Uh, I would. I was about to give it just like solid fives for every subcategory, but then it got a few extra points, so it came out to a five point four out of ten for me, right. just like the last few categories. Uh, 6.4 out of 10. All right, so that brings us to the next category, which is going to be sound. Um, I did really like um, more so than, than the first Iron Man, the score and the soundtrack. I thought, I thought the, the soundtrack continued with the like, oh yeah, this is, this is what Tony Stark would listen to. This yeah, feels yeah. appropriate. And then the score still um, definitely was on the forgettable side. Like it still has that, sure. that memorability issue, which is, which is a big issue in, in Marvel movies in general. But there were a few times I did recognize, like there were a couple points where I was like, oh yeah, this is like the theme from the first movie. Like there were a couple points where I was like, oh yeah. And then even more exciting, there was like a few points where I was like, this almost sounds like an early draft of what will eventually become the Avengers theme. Like there were like a few points, okay. particularly, I think it was all within the um, the racetrack fight scene, like that big fight scene with Whiplash. There were a couple points within the score there. Where I was like, it's not the Avengers theme, but it's close enough that I feel like it was maybe, you know, certainly influential in what became the Avengers theme. Um, so that definitely, even though there's still nothing super memorable, that did boost the score a little bit overall um, as far as the, the score and soundtrack goes for me. Um, so that was one of the biggest things within sound that I noticed. Okay, yeah. That sounds about right to me. I really liked the songs that they used. Classic Tony Stark songs. Totally appropriate. Really like that. Especially, 
you know, I don't know how much to get into this, but having seen all the other movies in the MCU, yeah, this is Iron Man music. Oh yeah, yeah. Each and, uh, yeah, yeah. something to come up with a term for it, sub franchise or whatever. Yeah, it definitely has its own feel, some more than others, and yeah, yeah. Iron Man has has a strong feel for for soundtrack. Yeah, and I I really like that. I think they went with what they had in the first movie, and they they went beyond that. They did even more. I agree. Yeah. So that was really good. I like that. I also like there was uh, the scene where he was building like a, I don't know, a particle collider or something in his home. Oh, yeah. And he was like in, in his Tony Stark, the engineer, the scientist, the, the dude who makes things mode. And he was like breaking down walls and putting up stuff and like wiring things and had his soldering iron and One of the only montages and, in the whole movie. I'm surprised it took us this long to get to that. I know. I, I just. as well. That was an issue I had with the first one, but not at all with the second. Yeah. So this one, this the second montage in the movie, I think, uh, yeah. which was pretty good. Uh, it had like badass sounding music and he wasn't like punching people or doing it. He was like he was engineering a yeah. solution to a problem, which right. is what I think makes Tony Stark a superhero. Absolutely. So it was really cool hearing that like badass music for something that's really pretty nerdy. Yeah, I agree. I do think this is a pretty, again, getting to a little bit of a nitpicky issue, but some of the things within the, just the overall sound mix, uh, like like I was saying within that, that racetrack scene where it's like the epic fight scene and you get like almost a hint of the Avengers music kind of thing, yeah. but the music was so quiet and the like whiplashes, like the electricity from the things was so loud and like, oh. and that's a great sound effect, like the... I gave the the sound design and the sound effects scores both fairly high scores because things like that had like really great just the the sound design the way it sounded was was pretty impressive um but then the music got so lost in a few of those scenes like it just seemed like the the sound mix was a little bit unbalanced only in a few scenes um I mean I still gave uh, I still gave the sound design or I'm sorry the the overall sound mix a 4.5 out of 10 which still it's still it's on the lower side of of meeting expectations but yeah that was the the lowest thing I gave within the sound design was just for the the sound mix uh, which is a, a pretty nitpicky thing, but it was something that I noticed. Um, so for sound, I gave it a, a 6.3, which like most things exceeds expectations, but barely. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I gave it a 6.2. All right. Which, like most things, exceeds expectations, <laughs> but only barely and barelier than your score, I guess. True. All right. So that brings us to the next category, which is going to be aesthetics. If you want to take the lead, I gave something on here a really low score and I'm trying to remember why. Uh, For me, everything was pretty all right. I can't think of anything that I would give a bad score to. I don't think there's anything that stood out as really, really awesome or really amazing. It really blew my mind. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so I remembered it was the hair category that I gave such a low score. I gave it 3.5 out of 10, which is really low. And I was like, there must be a really specific reason. And then I remembered what it was. And this is, this is really specific. And I probably shouldn't have gone so low, but it is like one of my biggest pet peeves. And this was a particularly egregious offense. I don't like it in general when superheroes change into their superhero costume and suddenly have different hair. And with Black Widow, it was particularly bad because she enters Happy's car in civilian clothes with like kind of wavy hair 
and then exits his car in her full Black Widow uniform with like tightly curled ringlets. Where did that hair come from? That is ridiculous. The first time we see her in the Black Widow costume at the donut shop, I noticed that she had the tight curls and it's like kind of eye roll worthy. And it's like, oh, let's, you know, maybe, maybe go from, from a five to a 4.5 in this category. Cause like, that's a little silly, but I don't know how much time has passed. Maybe it's like a whole separate day. And she just decided to curl her hair that day. I don't sure. know. But the, we literally saw her enter the car with a completely different hairstyle and exit the cart with a hairstyle that would have taken at least an hour, if not more, to do in, like, a bathroom, let alone a car. Like, that... No, she has those, like, electric things that shock people. <laughs> and you can, like, use those in your hair. Sure. I mean, that's a better explanation than anything I can come up with. It's just ridiculous. That was sort of a Kent Clark phone booth Kent, superman Kent clark did you say kent clark uh, i'm using the formal <laughs> way of addressing someone last name comma first name yeah it was that one dude who goes into the uh phone booth, booth. phone yeah the booth phone <laughs> and then he's like yeah. man super but at least then because like that's pretty silly too and that does bother me in in all the superman movies but at least it's just like one little curl. He probably he 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 can move at super speed. He can probably do that pretty quickly. This is a whole head of curls, yeah. Yeah, and she has no superpowers. It's not like she has super speed that it's like, well, I guess if you have super speed and you really wanted to, maybe you could. Like, no. And she wasn't even hiding an identity. She changed in the car with Happy literally creepily <laughs> watching her. Like, it's not even like she was hiding an identity. There was, just, there was no reason for it. So for that reason, I gave her a pretty low score because that's, <laughs> it just made no sense and it was absurd. <laughs> it's not that funny. It's ridiculous. Like, it really bothered me. Maybe when she's not doing spy stuff, she's like a drunk party girl going from club to club, changing in the, the backseat of a cab. I mean, she was pretty good at it, but yeah, like... That's that's training. That's experience. No, that's... This is not the first time she has changed in the back of a car. I mean, I'm sure that's true, but it's just ridiculous. I, I do not regret giving it a low score for that. Um... <laughs> Makeup, I thought, was fine. Costumes, I gave a pretty decent score because I did like that we saw we saw a slight variation with, with Iron Man's costume. We see War Machine, which is probably almost all, if not all, CG. But still, we see his, his yeah. costume design. And then Black Widow, like, we see her costume for the first time. That's true. Um, That's so, it's, so it's a lot of, like, just new superhero costumes in general. Um, yeah. So I gave costumes a decent bump. I did like that War Machine it was basically a lot like the Iron Man suit, except like it was it was purely function over form. Like oh yeah, there was nothing fancy about it. It yeah, was it wasn't, metal. It wasn't even painted. Yeah, right. It wasn't. It wasn't like Tony Stark, who's like, let's give it a sexy hot rod yeah. color scheme or the Windows three point one hot dog <laughs> color scheme. Look it up. I'll look it up. But I did like that. Like, this is, it is a war machine. It's a machine for blowing shit up. Yeah. That's all it is. And, and that was a very small difference because they're the same thing, basically. They did look subtly different, though. I can't quite put my, aside from color, like. I think war machine was a little bulkier. Yeah, little like broader heavier. shoulders. Yeah. And uh, I did notice that in the sound, like the, the machinery, the. The machinery noises were a little deeper, a little lower. Interesting. I didn't notice that. Um, what did you think of the uh, the various sets and locations? I did notice that there were a lot of different locations. 
just like yeah. the first one, which is really cool. And it kind of makes sense because part of his big deal is that he can fly. Yeah. So, of course, he's here and he's there. And that was pretty neat. All the locations looked like what they should look like, I guess. I did miss, like, in the first one, like, there was a lot of, like, when he was in the desert and it looked like he was in the desert. Like, like they went to a desert and filmed. And this one, they certainly did film on location quite a bit as well. But it was also... It seemed like a lot more sets, um, or at least more, maybe not necessarily sets, they could have gone to buildings and filmed in pre-existing structures, um, but just a lot more, it was just a lot more interior, uh, like it was a lot yeah. more contained, which yeah, isn't, yeah. I don't know that it's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing, it just changed the feel of it. Um, like there were a lot of scenes within the within the expo, um, which, which I think, um, to your point, within writing, like it, it helped create that feeling of like a, a community and an iron man's place within within the community i mean it was almost yeah. like, like that stark expo was like comic-con within the mcu like you know, it was like i mean maybe not quite yeah, comic-con because yeah. it was only for one specific thing i don't know but it definitely yeah. had like that like oh yeah this feels real like people flock to go to this one thing and get autographs, take pictures, see the yeah. big show like it felt very real so i did like like i thought that the the location and or set within those scenes like helped contribute quite a bit to that feeling but at the same time i did miss the bigger like oh yeah they went to a desert and filmed in the desert and there's like this big grand i don't know i just kind of missed that and again i mean that's just, it's just a different type of story that they were telling so it's not necessarily a fault or you know a, a positive or a negative but it's just something that i really liked in iron man one that i felt was missing in this one for for better or worse i still gave the the props or the uh, sorry the sets and locations category i still gave it a seven out of 10 it still scored fairly high um but i feel like it would have been a little bit higher if we had seen more of um i guess that's true the only place yeah. outside of new york was monaco which is like a french new york yeah but we did see because that was probably one of my favorite a scenes bit of Russia. yeah like it just had like that more of a grand scheme and it felt like those scenes felt i don't want to say necessarily they felt more realistic but realism at least which i think is a little different than realistic like it felt it didn't feel like a fantasy film or a yeah, sci-fi a little, film little gritty, little yeah dingy, whereas all the like interior real. you know new york scenes just felt like they could belong to any that. movie i guess or i don't know it just maybe it's just personality in general like i just felt like the first movie had so much personality and just felt like it existed in our world whereas when everything is so interior it, it loses a little bit of that by having everything so contained. I could see that, yeah. Like, there's fewer points that tie it in with reality. Yeah. Was there anything within the within the props that you found particularly notable? No, not really. Yeah, I don't think I really did either. Um, I did know it seemed like, I guess this would be more costumes than props, um, but it did seem like a lot more of the suits were, were CG as opposed to, um, like, actual... Practical like I said, props suits. or costumes. Yeah, practical. Um, and I don't even know. Like, I know they used practical prosthetics or whatever in, in the first Iron Man, but I don't know to what extent. But I do think you can see the difference. And I think that might be the biggest thing I was talking about with special effects. So it's like, you can just kind of tell, but it's not that it looks bad. You can just tell that it's CG. And I think a lot of that is just the comparison between, like, so much of Iron Man, I think, appeared to be practical effects. Yeah. And, and they really switched gears 
by Aaron Major. I mean, the technology is there. They they pull it off really well. But I think there's just, I, I just prefer, like, anytime you can do practical effects, do the practical effects. Like, I just, yeah. um, so that's really the only thing. That's not really a note within props necessarily, but that's about the only thing I have to note within that. So what was your final score for this category? For aesthetics, um, it came out to a 6.10. It would have been much higher, but that hair really knocked it down. It probably would have been like a, uh, it looks like probably a, a between a 7 and an 8, um, but the hair. Wow. So yeah, aesthetics would have been much higher if it had not been for that, but still, um, still, again, exceeded my expectations, but barely. Like, it's right on the, had it been any lower, it would have been within the uh, expectations category. Okay, that's interesting. You gave it a 6.1. I gave it a 6.2 overall. Okay, uh, so that's going to bring us to the penultimate category. We've got impact on film. And this one is kind of interesting. So I divide it up into um, three separate subcategories. So we've got critical impact, audience cult impact, and historical inspirational impacts. Um, for critical impact, I usually just go straight to Metacritic, divide the score by 10, plug it in. This one, the Metacritic score was a 5.7 out of 10, um, which seems a little bit high for me. So I just, I knocked it down to a five out of 10, um, largely because sure. it is mediocre to its core. So for that reason, I knocked it down from a 5.7 to a five. And then similarly, audience cult impact, I gave a four out of 10 for that same reason. It just seems really forgettable. And for historical inspirational impact, um, I just gave it a one out of 10. Mostly because it's it's within the MCU universe, so it's gonna wow. have some. Well, I mean, who? I mean, you'll you'll have a chance to rebuttal if you think it should be yeah. higher, which it sounds like you do. Um, but I just don't think it really. Uh, I mean, it did do some things within the special effects. I know people went crazy over the like, um, like what you were talking about with like you know spreading out the whatever hologram thing and people. I know people can't see what I'm doing with my hands, but if you could, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. The whatever the hologram stuff like pe people went crazy over that because it was so different and looked so cool and it does still look cool but I, I don't know aside from other marvel movies like how much did that really inspire either, either filmmakers or film watchers like i don't know what it inspired and i don't know it just didn't really seem like it did anything new or inspirational so so i gave it pretty low um and probably would have given it zero out of ten if it wasn't for for it being within the MCU. So my overall impact on film averaged out to a three point three three out of ten. So that's my impact on film spiel. Is really harsh. Is that too harsh? I didn't well, think it was. It's also pretty much what I gave it. All right. Well, let's so hear it. on critical impact, I give it a five out of ten. Critics were okay with it. So yeah. Five out of ten. Audience and cold impact. Uh, I think I give it. Yeah, I give it a 3 out of 10. You can look. You don't have to memorize it. It's, I memorized it. I memorized <laughs> it all. All right, so 3 out of 10. So I was lower than I gave it. You were all saying yeah. I was harsh. I, I don't think anyone really cared that much. Like, no. I mean, I think at the time, like, I mean, it was a sequel to a film yeah. everyone loves, but I don't think it That's holds up. That's the next up. subcategory. Okay. So 3 out of 10 for yeah. audience cult? Yeah. Okay. And what about historical inspirational? Apparently, I, I was too hard on. I gave it a 3 out of 10. But it's hardly more than I gave it. That's 20% more than you gave it. Uh, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> it was mostly a joke. But anyway, <laughs> um, I think it showed that, that the Iron Man way to doing these superheroes 
works and it works in the long run. It's not just a one-off movie. It's not just yeah. a one-time thing. It's not a okay. one-hit wonder. I assume this movie was profitable. I think I would have known I'm if it wasn't. sure. Yeah, I didn't look into it, but I'm sure it was. And they took like a two-year break. Yeah. And then from this point onward, it's like two or three movies a year for a year. eight years yeah. in a row. So to me, it seems like, like they decided to commit to it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I give it a little bit for that, but still below expectations. It's not groundbreaking. There's yeah. nothing at all new. It's it's a movie that's satisfactory. All right. So overall, it comes out to 3.67 for me out of 10. So well, that's slightly that's, higher. Yeah, that's hardly <laughs> higher than mine. You're such a pill. All right, so that brings us to overall enjoyment. And I want to hear what yours is first before I give mine. Overall enjoyment. There were a few things I liked. There were a few things I didn't like. And there was a lot of things that I was just kind of just kind of going along for the ride. I do think it's interesting that it stuck with the Iron Man 1 stuff. But yeah. like we talked a lot about how Iron Man 1 was kind of a transition. Yeah. And I think that this actually did move forward. It's, it's still not fully fledged. This is like adolescent MCU. Yeah. Whereas that was like the toddler who can kind of stand up but still falls down and cries all the time. <laughs> yeah. This is like the goofy adolescent, the awkward teenager. I could see that. Maybe even a little bit beyond that, because I think it was, it was pretty decent, solid. Overall, it was a little below expectations, mostly because, like I said earlier, I view a lot of these Marvel movies as a modern mythology, and there was no, no values, no emphasis on this is what you should do, or these are the kind of struggles that you have to face. There was not really much of anything. It yeah. was like a new bad guy and a good guy and, you know, the good guy beats the bad guy and finds a buddy. I guess that's something. Um, I think it focusing a little bit more on the, the, the broader picture, the social stuff, the public versus private, the individual versus community was really interesting and, and neat, especially if they had done that better. Yeah. But for that reason, it knocked it down a bit. So I gave it a three out of ten below expectations. For overall enjoyment. All right. I went into this movie. It's interesting because you have you have Iron Man, which I really liked. You have Incredible Hulk, which I didn't really like. Yeah. And then this is what you jump in with. It's just an odd um, progression, I suppose, for me at least, because I feel like my expectations were were really high after the first Iron Man. Because I really, even though that movie had some some pretty major flaws, which we, we talked about pretty significantly, oh, yeah. I still really enjoyed that movie. And I think I enjoyed it even more in retrospect after 10 years of Marvel than I did when I first saw it in theaters. You know, it's, it just keeps on yeah. giving or whatever. Sure. <laughs> like it's, it's just an enjoyable movie. It's just fun. And on the flip side of that, The Incredible Hulk is, is so boring and I just don't care. So then this movie comes along and, and I have so many high expectations from... Iron Man and so many low expectations from The Incredible Hulk. And for that reason, I, I gave it a pretty low score because I expect an Iron Man movie to be more enjoyable than The Hulk. And and I feel like... Wow. Okay. I don't know. I mean, it's... Or maybe... I don't know. It just... I guess what it comes down to... Initially, I had given it a 3.5 out of 10. And then I looked back on The Incredible Hulk and realized that was the same score I gave The Incredible Hulk... And, and I don't think I enjoyed this movie as much as The Incredible Hulk. I think it is a better movie than The Incredible Hulk, wow. unequivocally. It is definitely a better movie. 
but I had no expectations going into The Incredible Hulk. It was just a one-off. So Okay. So you can go in and be like and and also because it wasn't a great movie and because I knew it wasn't a great movie going into it, you can kind of go into it being like, "Well, maybe I'll still have fun making fun of it." Like like honestly, that's, that's sure, a part of it sure. too. Whereas with an Iron Man movie, like I didn't really I had seen it a bunch of times and I kind of I was like, "I think it's going to be pretty mediocre because I would remember more if it wasn't." Yeah. But I didn't expect to dislike it. And there were a lot of points in this movie where I was like, I am not enjoying myself. This is, like, distressing because I am not having fun. Yeah, that, um, that is true. Yeah, I just... And I wasn't expecting... I think that's the biggest thing is I, I didn't go into this movie being like, like, oh, I remember not liking this movie. I went into it being like, I don't remember much about this movie, so it's probably mediocre. And then it didn't even meet those expectations. Like, it was below that. Like, I was like, I don't remember this being a bad movie. And this is kind of a bad movie at times. Yeah. At yeah. least as far as, like, writing and especially characters. Like, yeah. it just it just didn't... And again, I think it's a, it's a better movie and a much more... You know, it's a better written movie than The Incredible Hulk. Um, which I don't mean to keep referencing that, but since there's only... This is only <laughs> the third movie in the MCU. Sure. So I think, you know, it's, yeah. it's important to keep it within that reference i guess or you know just keeping the the timeline in mind so so because it just didn't you know it it certainly didn't meet my expectations with iron man and then it really wasn't um i didn't have more fun than i did when i watched like i think i I had more fun watching the incredible hulk because i knew it wasn't going to be good going into it anyway i know we gave it the same score so i probably didn't need to explain it as much as i did i'm not even sure i explained it well no you're being true to the grid yeah um, so, so yeah, and I, I really expected, I expected most categories to get a five out of 10, honestly. Like I really just thought everything was going to be yeah straight down the line mediocre because I know, uh, like I keep saying, I'm like, I've seen this movie like five or six times and I remember nothing except for the only two scenes I remembered is the racetrack scene, which is only like pretty much just whiplash walking forward his suit burning off right the badass moment right and that was about it and then and then black widow scene which is the other badass moment yeah which is completely irrelevant to the plot of the movie it just looks badass um and those are the two things that i remembered about this movie And, and i hold to it those are those are the two best parts of this movie um is is whiplash in that one scene and and Black Widow when she finally gets to be Black Widow. You know? um, did you give Iron Man two any extra credit? Uh, so yeah, extra credit. I gave it two points of extra credit for several things. Okay. One, I love Don Cheadle saying, "I'm here. It's me. Get over it." That was a good moment. Just address it. Get over it. Two seconds later, we're moving on. I like that a lot. That was really good. Um, I really like the cameo from Elon Musk. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. Because Elon Musk is basically a real life modern Tony Stark. So that was really cool. Um, I also just really enjoyed seeing Tony Stark getting birthday wasted while wearing his Iron Man suit. Mentioned that that a few times. That was really fun. Because in my mind, the two people are different characters. In a, in a certain sense. So seeing yeah. them intertwined like that, in that. The, at the same time at the same scene was really neat. Yeah. And it was just really fun. And of course that would happen. I also liked that there were very few montages. Uh, I also thought that Whiplash was kind of interesting because every time he lost, he would say, you lose. Because like he knew what was going to happen. He knew yeah. that he 
is like a, a, a 9 out of 10 and Tony Stark is a 10 out of 10. He knew that he was going to lose. That was his plan the whole time. So I really liked that. I thought that was really neat and pretty interesting. And for those several reasons, I give it apparently two points of extra credit. You don't have which to have it. Which is divided you can, you can in manually. to mean one point of extra credit. What? No, if you gave it four things, you would put four things on the grid and then it would divide it by two to be okay, two. Okay, so I gave it five things. Okay, so then you put five on the grid and then it would be 2.5. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I made it more confusing than it had to be. I just kept giving like five things of extra credit for every movie and then it's like, that brings something to like from like a 70 to a 75. That's a big jump. Mm. Well, that's that's why you made the grid to uh, mm. celebrate well, good yeah. things. I do like celebrating good things, but in moderation. You, you Otherwise, you'll be Tony Stark drunk in, a, yeah. in an Iron Man suit. All right, well, I also gave... Iron Man extra credit, but not as much as you. I only gave it, I guess, one point, which then gets halved into just a half a point. Um, it's for kind of a combination of things, but it's all related to the world building. So it's my classic double dipping with the extra credit. Um, but it's for a lot of different things. And I only gave it one point since it is double dipping. I just love the the world building. You have things like, um, you know, Black Widow gets introduced. War Machine gets introduced. Uh, Nick Fury gets some screen time. Uh, we get an introduction to Thor. Like, not yet. Like, we obviously we see his hammer in the end credit scene, which we haven't oh, somehow yeah. talked about yet so far. Um, which is one of the best end credit scenes in the MCU, which I almost gave it a whole separate point of extra credit for, but it seemed a little excessive, so I didn't. But then even before that, you have there's something where I think Coulson comments like, like you know, I have more important things going on right now. Right. There's like something in the Midwest, or you make some sort of yeah, yeah, kind of vague comment where it's like, I know what you're talking about, man. We'll talk about this a lot more next week, but we are in the oh, minority with yeah. our love of Thor, and I cannot wait to convince the world that Thor is the best superhero movie so yeah so setting up thor um definitely contributed to this extra credit um and even just things within within tony stark's character development like his he has a, a major savior complex and his his need to be like well like well what if like what yeah. what if this happens i need to be ready because because you know what if only i can save the world like he has this and yeah, it's from, like you, yeah. i feel like usually savior complex is used in kind of a negative like you know, doctors that let it get to their head that they can save lives and they have a savior complex. Like, I feel like it's usually more of a negative connotation. Sure. And with him, I think it's, um, I mean, it's still kind of negative because it definitely um, isn't necessarily a positive character arc that he goes through. Um, but he just, he just has this obsession with like, you know, well, well, what if something happens and we, the world needs Iron Man and it just becomes this, like like obsession yeah. like he's i mean he's he's the batman of the mcu in in a lot of ways and that oh, yeah. that shared complex is one of them uh, but that really gets set up in this movie much more so than in the first iron man which i really like um even though i feel like they could have done it a little bit stronger a little bit more emphasis on it i like that they're hinting at it um and i like that they they hint at tony stark's alcoholism which after this movie probably almost certainly because of disney they completely yeah. back away from and you know it becomes ptsd instead of alcoholism and that's still interesting to examine like you know you mentioned it with with hulk and, and bruce banner how he's he's yeah. a superhero but he's still like he's he's in combat of course that's gonna have an emotional effect so i, I still like that that development that they have with the character and yet knowing a little bit about the character from the comic books, I'm like, but I want to see this struggle that's, like, so specific right. to the character. that, And you don't see that with, with superheroes either. And they start to hint at it in this movie, 
and then completely back away after, um, certainly after phase one, you know, after Avengers and all that. And, you know, starting with, with Iron Man 3, they just completely you know, backpedal and do a different thing, which is, which is fine for the most part, but, but I still, I like this, this true to the comic books hint at that, at that possibility. So, so I liked that as well. Um, and I guess that's really about it, but there was just a, just a lot of things that contributed within the world building that, that even though I gave it a high score within that, that subcategory of plot and genre, I thought it deserved a little, a little boost of extra credit, especially because I was so critical um, within the writing categories. I thought that, you know, a little boost to recognize that that I do really like these things that it's doing um, within the script and, and within these characters. Um, so I gave it a little bit of extra credit for that. All right, so I guess that brings us to the totals. Um, what was your total for Iron Man 2? So the total, if you round it to the nearest whole number, is 54 out of 100, which... What is... Uh... What if you don't round it to the nearest whole number? 53.57. Okay. Which sounds about right to me. And I think a lot of it is just because it didn't really... There was nothing for Tony Stark to do other than yeah. be the good guy who beats the bad guy. There was no lesson. There was no, uh, there was no overcoming an obstacle other than beating the bad guy. Yeah. There was no... And, and I don't think... I'm not saying it needs to be like an over-the-top, like, uh, after-school special. Like, drugs are bad, don't do drugs. Right, but there needs but, to be something. Yeah, like in the first one, I really like that he had to come to terms with why he's so rich. Where did this right. money come from? How does that affect other people? And how do, you, how do you come back from that? How do you fix that? Yeah. And I really like that. I thought that was really interesting and really cool. And in this movie, he's just sort of there. And, yeah. uh, you know, someone... He's just minding his own business, doing his own stuff, and then someone tries to kill him. So then he's like, well, I guess I have to stop you from stopping me. Right. And then the movie ends. And yeah. I think they they tried to make it, like, speaking about, like, internal struggle or, or what have you. Like, I think they, they wanted it to be like, oh, he has to come to terms with his mortality. Like, I, I literally just now thought of it. We've been talking there about this movie. We've been talking about this movie for two hours, and I, I just now, like, so that's how subtle it was. But, like, I think that was the aim, but I, they, I, they yeah. certainly could have could have hinted at it quite a bit more. Like, the most we get out of it is in the end scene where uh, he's reading his evaluation and, and you know, uh, Natasha calls him impulsive or whatever. He's like, well, I was about to die, but I'm better now, or, or whatever. Yeah. And it's like... It's like okay, so so if you're better now, and that's He's how always you... been impulsive though, even in the first exactly, one. and and it just didn't really come across that much that his his character was was changing at all due to impending death. Like it it really yeah, they, didn't they it didn't affect him. Hinted much. at it a lot with like his yeah. his blood his blood uh, poison levels, right? Yeah, whatever that means, and right, and uh, that jumped like it was nineteen the first time we see it, and the next time we see it, it's like fifty six percent. I'm like that's a big yeah. jump like we should have probably seen like a 30 percent in there somewhere to kind yeah of and his whole side quest was uh finding the uh, a replacement for palladium yeah which he did instantly yeah like literally there's like one scene where he's like well they had a montage that solves most problems yeah i guess but it's like like oh it's impossible to to reproduce and he's like hmm 
montage two minutes later <laughs> congratulations you created a new element I'm like yeah. oh, i guess it wasn't impossible like which is fine that he created it like he's tony stark like he's he's smart he can figure it out but the fact that they like went to the trouble of saying it was impossible and then two seconds later are like never mind no it's not i'm like why did you even tell us it was impossible just be like it's really hard can you figure it out oh you did cool like that i don't know yeah anyway well i'm backtracking but that's pretty much what i thought it uh, solidly met expectations. It's a good guy punching a bad guy. It's the bad guy punching the good guy. There's yeah. sidekicks. There's the damsel in distress. There's uh, people who aren't cool with the whole thing. And, you know, I guess they're senators in this universe. And it uh, checked off all the checkboxes. But it just, for me, being a fan of mythology, was kind of flat. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, so my total, the reason I asked you to... Uh, to specify to the uh, more than rounding up uh, is because I had a very similar score. My total was 54.83. Um, okay. So a little bit higher than yours. Um, and I think we uh, had slight differences with, with what we took significant points off for. <laughs> but, I mean, overall, I, th- I think we're pretty much in agreement that so this is this is a, a pretty mediocre movie. It, it does does technically meet expectations, and um, it was, for you, it was significantly better than The Incredible Hulk, and for me, it was, was slightly better. Uh, it was about a little less than five points higher for me for from The Incredible Hulk. Um, so this is a, a pretty good contender for, for number two. I can think of one other movie that's going to be, it's going to be Iron Man 2, The Incredible Hulk, and, and this one other movie in the bottom three, I can almost guarantee it but i'm not gonna say what that movie is in case i'm wrong but i i'm i'm pretty sure i know what it is i have a hard time with this movie because i pretty much expected it to be around a 50 when because i'm like i don't remember much about it but then as we were watching it i had such strong feelings and such such negatively strong feelings that i was uh, i don't know if concerned is the right word but i went on and on in the hulk review about how it was probably going to be our lowest score yet and I was like, this is going to be, this might be a little lower. And then it ended up being slightly higher. Um, but I was not expecting it to be, like, I was thinking maybe, I know I just said I thought maybe a 50, but I guess I was thinking maybe a 60 in comparison with The Incredible Hulk. I mean, it's just nothing special. It's just a movie you quickly forget about. And it's, you know, it might as well not even be there for the most part. But 54.83, I mean, it's, it meets expectations. It's fine. Um, I'm not going to go watch it again anytime soon. I think that is <laughs> finally. This might be one of our longest reviews. That is it for Iron Man 2. Well, I say this might be one of our longest reviews. I think <laughs> next week's might be a bit longer. Oh, yeah. So next Monday on May 21st, we're going to be talking about a favorite of both of ours, and that's going to be Thor. I know this movie is on a lot of people's bottom five out of all 19 movies that have been released so far, and and I'm very, very excited for both of us to to talk about why we think it deserves better, because we both... um, I, I hope it's okay that I'm speaking for you, but I, I know we both love this movie, and, and there's a lot of things that, that it does really, really well. Uh, so I'm excited uh, to talk about Thor. So that's going to be on Monday, May 21st. And then on Friday, May 25th, uh, I'm going to be posting my first um, non-Marvel-related review on the uh, Nitty Gritty podcast, and that's going to be for 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, and that is not with Tristan this time, but I did um, talk about that movie with my sister Jesse, uh, and I'm really excited to post that one as well. Um, so I hope you guys tune in and enjoy that one. Um, and I think that is about it. 
Uh, if you are interested in learning how to support Gritty Films, you can check out Gritty Films on Patreon, and that's going to be patreon.com slash gritty films and that's gritty films spelled g-r-i-d-d-y and there'll be a link to that in the episode description Um, and if you're interested in learning more about our grid rating system you can find that on grittyfilms.com as well at grittyfilms.com slash the grid and i think that does it so we'll see you next time to talk about thor thor (laughs) I've been waiting to say that for forever.